Everyone, thank you, right? Gosh, it's, uh, it's so cool just to be prepared for that and, you know, come together and just have such an awesome uh, just presence here. It's so cool. Um, tonight is going to be, um, I don't know, just, I, I think God's going to just reveal some new things to us in our hearts tonight, and, and it's been a long journey for me. Can I tell you that about, uh, maybe about six months ago, I knew that I was heading into some great transition I didn't know exactly all the things that were happening, but I kind of got up here, and, and um, I'm not a big crier. Like, you know, people ask, did you ever, you know, cry when your wife came down the aisle? Nah, you know. And uh, did you, you know, get real emotional when this happened? No, you know, just like I'm not very emotional in terms of just having my emotions swayed. And I got up, and I, we're talking about, like, taking the plunge and really going for it, and I just felt such a, a huge just wait that God was preparing me for just the most insane season of our life. Not in a bad way, but just in a way that he's going to stretch and pull and take me to, to new depths uh, relationally and just with all the different details. And so, um, man, in like the past 60 days, can I just tell you, like, this is not a bad attitude. I'm just telling you what has happened in my life in the 60 days. Um, we decided that uh, we want to live more simply. And uh, we decided that we wanted to kind of clear some of the burden on our home. And so we put our house up for sale about six months ago. And um, in the past 60 days, our, our house sold. Um, that was a big deal. And we had to find like a new place to live. And, and it all happened like in this tiny little window of like two weeks when all of a sudden we find out that Camille is going to be having a baby in October, which, you know, one of these guys, you know. Uh, we have our missions trip right then. I had like a, a marriage retreat. I came back to taxes. I just got back to, uh, from a men's retreat with like Colin and Sean and a couple other guys. Um, life has just been so crazy. Like the past six days have had more just chaos than I've ever had in my life. And you're talking to a guy who walked across the stage, was starting his own business and getting married all within like three weeks of each other. You know, like this like puts that to shame. And so, like I've just said, I've got to make it to May. If I can make it to May, then I'll, I'll be all right. And so, like, you know, this weekend we're moving and all the stuff that goes on with that. Gosh, it's just been so insane. And it's not like I have nothing to do all day. I have five businesses that I run. And so, like, my tax, you know, week is like produces a phone book, you know, of things. And so I know it sounds like I'm whining, but it honestly has been so crazy. And I have a couple friends and... And so we'd talk about it, and they just would say, like, you know, how are you doing with this? And it's so funny, like, all the craziness about it, like, I'd felt that God had prepared me for this this season to where I would have peace. And though the craziness of it all, that I wouldn't stress out and freak out, that God would give me peace. And that's all I can say is that God has been so faithful through this whole season, and, and I thought I would, you know, run for the hills screaming when I found out that Camille would be pregnant. I was like stoked. I was like, I'm stoked. This is weird, you know. And uh, so all these transition, God's just given me such peace. And so even this week, you know, with the the chaos, and I just was like, wasn't really feeling what God wanted for this week. And I knew there was something that was stirring in me. And this morning, God just totally gave me just revelation. I was going to talk about fear, and so I started praying, God, give me fresh revelation on fear. And he gave me fresh revelation on peace. And so I'm excited to talk about that tonight. And so our, our study in the Word, this might be the most in-depth study of one verse you've ever had in your entire life. So let's prepare for that. God, we thank you for your faithfulness. God, for your just righteousness about us. 
And God, we thank you that you are a God who delivers on your word and your promise. Lord, we thank you that the word that you give us, God, is full of life. And Lord, even though we, we study about 10 words here tonight, Lord, we, we thank you, God, it's so rich. Your scriptures are unsearchable because, Lord, they produce life. God, who can fathom the depths of your wisdom? And so we just pray right now that you just would unlock all depths of wisdom and knowledge for this passage, and God, that you'd speak through my mouth and tongue, and Lord, everything that would be of your heart would come through my mouth, and Lord, anything of me, Lord, we just pray that uh, I just would be kept from saying anything of flesh, anything of the world, and so we thank you, God, for just the special word tonight we have. In Jesus' name, amen. So you don't, uh, if you have a Bible, you can, you can turn there, but it's literally one passage we're going to just like look at in great detail tonight, and it's Colossians three fifteen. And it says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Can we all say that? Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. That was a wimpiest little repeat back. Come on. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Everyone put a hand over your heart. Say, Jesus, let the peace of Christ rule in my heart. Amen. We can all go home now. Now. Um, this is, is awesome because I want to just dissect this. Oh, I love that. I love how things just like happens. It's great. So we have it back here. So let the peace of Christ rule in hearts. We're going to take this little piece by piece here. Um, if you have notes, you want to jot down some scriptures. I am going to give reference a couple other ones. And so those are going to be handy for you if you want. But let me just take this like word by word. The first is let. Everyone say let. Let. Let the peace of Christ rule in hearts. This this the, like the, the key component here. Let gives us the responsibility to play a part in the peace of Christ. Let me tell you that Isaiah thirty two seventeen says the fruit of righteousness will be peace. The fruit of righteousness will be peace, and so the Bible is commanding us to let that peace come into our hearts. It's not like, uh, yeah, just you know, say I believe in Christ, and all of a sudden peace will come. You know, it, it's not, God is not a calculator, you know, like you, you put in the inputs and it just happens. It says, let the peace rule in your heart. Now, why is that? The definition of let, I mean, it says to permit to enter, to pass or make judgment too. But the detail in here, the key component of let is that we have to choose to let the peace come into our heart. It's not believe in Christ and you'll have peace. It is let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. Now, that gives us great personal responsibility. I'm a huge personal responsibility person. And my strengths tend to say, like, I'm going to strong arm this. And so anytime I see something that lets me, like, to try, like, I'm all for it. But here, here, here's the detail, is that Christ gives us great opportunities as I've been memorizing Scripture, I, I, I look to it, and Jesus is so open-ended. It says, whoever believes in me will be saved. If anyone hears my knock and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. If anyone hears my word and believes him who sent me, I will give him eternal life and he will not be condemned. If anyone comes after me, they must deny themselves and take up the cross. Do you get like the if, the whoever, if anyone, whoever, you know, we have all these details. Christ gives these great promises. And the first thing, let, I'm begging you, that our defaults in the world are not ones that allow peace openly. Christ promises it here, but it says, let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. 
Have you ever said to like someone like, let me love you for God's sake, please? Like, shut up. Like, let me do this for you. And uh, like my family is so generous. Like sometimes I have to like take things out of their hands and like, let me do this, you know? And I believe that the first thing here is that God is saying, for the love of God, let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. Right? Like, please open that door. The ultimate freedom is for us to choose the right response. Isn't that the, isn't that the, the best? That the ultimate freedom we have in life, I believe that Christ gives us freedom, the ultimate freedom we have is to choose our response. We get here tonight to choose to let the peace of Christ rule in our heart. We don't have to do anything. We just have to let it happen. Now, how do you let yourself do that? Well, there's lots of verses on peace and about letting it happen. And the, the one you guys know most of all is probably Philippians 4, 6, and 7. that says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ. So he says, if you do not have peace, come to him with thanksgiving and supplication. And then the peace will transcend all understanding and guard your hearts. That's awesome. How about uh, John 15? John 15, yes. Uh, I am the vine, you are the branches. It says Jesus is peace. If we stay connected with him and we are connecting him as a vine-branch relationship, then we will have peace. Just research what abiding means. Talk to Sean Lawrence. He's been like the, the encyclopedia man on abiding right now. He's got books and everything. It's great. Just, just read that chapter and learn about what it means to be abiding with Christ. And then Isaiah 26.3 says, You will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is steadfast because he trusts in you. Having a steadfast mind and knowing that God will keep us in his peace when we have a steadfast mind of trust with him. Do you have a hard time letting go of, of your circumstances? Maybe that we need to trust God and let him keep us there. We need to let God, let the peace be in our heart. And we need to have a steadfast mind that that peace would transcend all understanding and guard us. Amen? Now peace. It says, let the peace of Christ rule your heart. You notice it's, why Peace. Why not let the strength of Christ rule in your heart? Why not the, the power of Christ rule your heart? Why not the faith of God rule your heart? I mean, doesn't like a lot of other things sound really good right there? Let the knowledge of Christ rule in your heart. That all sounds really good. That's not what it says. What does it say? Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. Now, why peace? I really believe the sole reason is because it gets us out of the equation. It gets us out of the equation. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Peace which transcends all understanding, meaning that we have no idea how this is happening, but it just is happening. When it's let the knowledge of Christ rule in your heart, we have a, a commission to have more knowledge. When it's about have the faith of Christ rule in your heart, we have to, God, I'm going to have more faith. I'm going to believe more. But when it's the peace of Christ ruling hearts. It doesn't leave any room for us. Isn't that a bummer? I'm a total like, I can do this. And it's like, you can't play a part of this. If it's the peace of Christ, it means it's not you. And maybe for some of us, it's like, yes, you know, I'm out of it. Or maybe it's like, darn it, I can't earn it. 
You know, but we have the, the ability to have ourselves look at the way that we'd strong arm our results. And God says, I purposely planned this not to have you in the middle of it. Because if it was you, it wouldn't be the peace of Christ. Now, why not fear? Doesn't maybe that sound good too? He said, let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. Doesn't it sound like also very like New King James, like let the fear of Christ rule in your heart. Isn't it? That like deep voice right there. Hello. Let the fear of Christ rule in your heart. Now that would seem like, like that seems like there's a good sermon there. Let the fear of Christ. But here's the deal is that I think we all, everyone here, myself included, we're really good at fear. Like, we're like, we're an all-star at being fearful and anxious about things. Like, maybe you're like, I went to fear school and I aced it. Like, I have, I got that anxiety and that panic thing down. Like, I'm just PhD right here. Like, I think the fear, the tendencies of fear, that's something that comes really natural to us. It's much easier to be fearful of something than to have peace about something. And we talked about last week about, in 2 Timothy, about being a tool that is ready to be used by God. And we talked about how there's never an ending excuse for why you shouldn't get involved, about why you shouldn't be fully ready for God. There will never be enough reasons to talk you out of not doing something. And the same thing is for fear. Your fear is going to drive a continual explanation about why you shouldn't do something. I think it's it's amazing how we find it easier to be a people of fear than a people of peace. Amen? We all find it easier to gravitate and latch onto fear because it's comfortable. We're good at that. And we're not good at peace. Peace is a foreign, biblical thing I don't get. I get fear. I'm in fear every day. 1 John 4.18 says this, There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. Did you catch that? But perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. If it's the peace of Christ, it's not going to be the fear of Christ. We need to have a, a, a righteous, holy, like he is so other that, that it, it causes an awe. And that is like the, the fear. But the fear that we're used to is like, there's lightning bolts coming at me if I do something wrong. I talked to a guy and he's, he's totally convinced because he has a particular struggle that God is going to pull the rug out of every other opportunity in his entire life. He's playing like Jesus scoreboard. He's like, point me And then, like, you know, here's, like, my bad points. And it's like, he's waiting for God to do a tit-for-tat with him. When it talks about the peace of Christ, it empowers us to know that we don't deserve it, we can't do anything about it. And because it's peace, it's not fear, we have the fulfillment knowing that there's love laced in with it. The fear of Christ doesn't sound very loving, but the peace of Christ, something we can't do anything about, We have no say in it, and it's a gift. Let it, let me love you. Doesn't that all ring true? I think people fear that God uses the world to punish them for bad behavior. You think, like, I'm in in Christ, but I'm in the world, and so 
being in the world is my punishment for all the bad things I've done. My flat tire, that's directly related to that sin. You know, like, don't you, like, you know people like that. Maybe you're like, I'm like that. You know, like, we have the, the idea that everything bad that has maybe come into our life, there's a sin that we're atoning for with that. That's not the love of Christ. That is not who Christ is. That is not the Father's heart. And so we find ourselves compelling our behavior based on the negative consequences. Hey, yeah. Love that. Amen. <laughs> we allow the negative to compel our behavior. I was meeting with a guy, and, and he has an amazing just challenge and, and temptation. And so he's asking me, he's like, how, how do you do it? And I was like, I have total freedom in this area. And he's like, like, why? And he's like frustrated because I don't have that similar struggle. And I, I did at one point in my life, but I don't now. And he doesn't understand it because my behavior to do good is not so that I don't receive punishment. It's so that I protect what is good. I love my wife, and so because I love and care for her and because I want to protect her, I don't cheat on her. Right? I don't like, I'm not faithful to my wife because I'm afraid of the consequences. It's like, that's a lame way to look at it. You know, it's like saying, I would rob you if I wouldn't go to jail. You know, like, you don't want to do that. Like, no, I, I want to love you because you're amazing, because I protect you. Not because the law says I'm going to go to jail. That'd be such a lame thing if someone says, I love your car and I would steal it, but I don't want to go to jail. You're like, I don't want to be friends with you anymore. It's so lame. Get out. We need to be in a mindset that the peace of Christ, not the fear of Christ, we need to let the, the joy of peace compel our behavior. Let the protection, the fulfillment, let the treasure of Christ, let that draw us in. Not to be afraid, and so we're trembling with fear, and so we're going to just not mess up the angry God. That's not who Christ is. Now, with that said, peace is not a substitute for action either. Peace is not a substitute for action. There can be total congruity between the two. I guess some people say, this is case in point, I was helping a guy get into college. And I was like, hey man, have you, you know, done your applications? You know, like, where did you go? I just have peace that's going to go. No, that's laziness in Jesus' name. <laughs> like, no, like, the peace, I get it, but let's have peace about why we write that application, right? I have peace about writing your letter recommendation. Come on. I just have peace, it'll happen. Now, the peace in, I would say, some of our circles, sometimes will be a cop-out to not do something. I have peace about it. I'm just not going to do anything. Your house is on fire. I have peace about it that God's going to bring a rain cloud. No, I don't think Jesus like, gives us that kind of grace. He's like, be compelled with action. You go in the emergency room, and Sean's mom is a trauma nurse or something, and you're like missing a limb, and the doctors aren't like, oh my God, he's missing a limb! And like, they're just like, okay, fill out this paperwork, okay, we'll stop the bleeding, you know, like, and they're actionable, like, they're going to help you, but you don't see surgeons freaking out, do you? They have action, but they have peace. Look at your life as not an excuse to use peace not to do something. I just have peace that I should not do that. Uh Uh-uh, no way. Galatians 6, 9 says, as we have the opportunity to do good to all people, not just when I have peace, I will not do something. I mean, sure, there's like a biblical line where you need to discern on that, but don't misunderstand me. Don't, 
Don't let uh, the peace, quote-unquote, be a substitute for responsibility in the kingdom. I'll hear sometimes people say, well, I have really peace you know, about leaving that group or leaving that accountability. Are you still in accountability? No, but I have a lot of peace about it now. I bet you do. <laughs> you know, it's like, you don't like the hard questions. Come on, man. All right, let the peace of what? Christ. Let the, you guys are all going to memorize this verse. It's going to be great. Colossians 3, 3.15. Help me, Lord. Let the peace of Christ. Let the peace of Christ. You notice how it didn't say, let the peace of money rule in your heart. No. Let the peace of your awesome career rule in your heart. No. Let the peace of I have a wife rule your heart. No. Come on. Or I have a boyfriend, and that's almost as good. No. Like, I think we, we put all of these things, like, I'll have peace when. You know what I'm saying? I'll have peace when I have this. I'll have peace when I have a job, or I have a career, or when I get in school, or when I get engaged. I'll have peace when I have money. No. She's with me. No way. Let the peace of Christ. You know, why Christ. As we're talking about peace, Jesus says he's the prince of what? Peace. Does it make sense that Christ would be the object of peace? Why don't we let the prince of peace be the person who gives us peace? That sounds like a good idea. You notice how, like, Jesus, and I was flipping through, like, John and some other chapters this morning, and, you know, Jesus always comes, and it's so, like, Jesus-esque. You know, he's like, Peace be with you. You know, he walks in, you know, and he's like, really? And, you know, like you have like Paul and, and the epistles and, and people who write and like grace and peace be to you. And that kind of always annoyed me, you know, a little bit until I started doing this study. He's like, no, that is who he is. Peace is his name. He is the author, the creator. You look up peace in a dictionary, it should be Jesus' face. Glowing beard with a little lamb holding it, you know. That, that's like, that's Jesus. He also says, like, when he heals someone, he doesn't, like, heal someone and say, go in health, you know. <laughs> and he says, go in peace. John 4, 27 says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Amen. Do not love your hearts, or do not let your hearts be troubled. And do not be afraid. Do not, do not let your hearts. We have a say in this. Don't let your hearts be, t- be troubled. Now, another reason why it's let the peace of Christ, not the peace of money, not the peace of a great car, not the peace of a great dog. I have a great dog. Very thankful. Not the peace of a, a home. When I buy a home, is Christ is the only object that is not temporal. When we, when we allow ourselves to put the, our peace in money, I have, a, I have a friend, he made a ton of money five or six years ago. He sold a business. Great. Amazing man. Totally follows and honors God. Had a lot of his investments in the stock market. And then you know what happened a couple years ago? It's like, dang. And he's just like, I'm glad that my peace, my stability, my life is not wrapped up in this money. You have no idea what can happen today, tomorrow, tonight. You have no idea what voicemail could be waiting for you. 
You have no idea. For the good and the bad. And Christ be glorified for whatever outcome it is. But he is the only component, the only thing in this world that is eternal that we can put our peace in. If our peace is tied to him, we will never be out of peace. When we put our peace in a, in a relationship or a family or something, who knows where the wind blows with that stuff? Like, I'm amazed about how much drama there is in life. And it's like, really? Again? Like, we couldn't have like a six-month break. I'm so glad that my peace does not reside in the vitality of a relationship or in the depth of a bank account. I know that didn't make sense, but <laughs> I'm just glad it is into those things. Like when we have our faith tied to Christ, he demonstrates himself faithful. And Isaiah 40, 6 through 8 says this, All men are like grass, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. And you're like, oh, that sounds very lovely and rosy. The grass withers, <laughs> and the flowers fall, but the word of our God stands forever. The word of our God stands forever. Now, you're thinking like, the word of our God, the Bible made of paper? No. <laughs> Jesus, that's a Jesus reference, that the word was with God, the word was God, the word became flesh, it's about Jesus. Jesus is the only thing that's going to be here. When lots of bad things go on, <laughs> he's it. I love it. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Rule. Now, the, the context of this is, is awesome because uh, it has a couple different meanings. And one of them is, uh, when it talks about rule, it also talks like an umpire. Now, think if, like, I'm an umpire and I'm, like, on, I don't play baseball. What is it? The third baseline, something. And someone hits a ball and I'm, like, I'm sitting here, you know, watching the ball and this line, like, the ball goes out, I'm like, foul ball, you know. Like, that's, it's talking like an umpire to gauge the legitimacy, the authenticity of peace. It's, it's saying it's inbounds or outbounds, if you will. So it says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. It's kind of a, a way for us to have an umpire in our hearts to say, yeah, this feels good. No, this doesn't feel good. I can't explain what, but the peace of Christ is an umpire of my life. If I don't have the peace of Christ ruling, making decisions, and, and saying inbounds, out of bounds, maybe I should rethink this. We're moving into a home one mile away, and uh, it's great. We love it. There was a, a home that was about 12 miles away. It was like a lot bigger. It was like brand new Spanish style. We loved the Spanish style thing. We're like, that's awesome. And, you know, we just have peace about it. It was weird. We're just like, this doesn't feel right. It, it should. Like, we didn't expect to get it, and we got it, and we had a decision like, it just doesn't feel right. And that's okay. When you have a gut feeling that says, man, this, this doesn't feel right, let that be the, the peace of Christ that has given you the umpire signal about a certain decision in your life. But the other one is the ruler. Like, the ruler as in, like, king, kingdom. Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. Now think of like a king or like a government. And think about your heart. There can only be one king. Is the king that is ruling in your heart, would you say that it's peace? Or would you say it's fear? What is, what is the, the, the object on the throne of your heart? What is it? Is it really peace? Is peace sitting on the throne of your heart? 
or is fear and anxiety the master of your kingdom? What is in your heart right now? Do you gauge your life and you think, man, I have a, the, the king of my heart is peace. Is that, does that like feel good? Or if it doesn't feel good, then maybe it's not that because you'll know when it's that. And it's not like it's a, a one-time deal. It's like you have to work and you have to let it. You have to let that ruling heart. But I'd ask you and challenge you, do you have the peace? Is that what is sitting on the throne of your heart? I think that by default that the incumbent, if you will, to use political terms, the incumbent is fear on our hearts. Fear is the, the default ruler, the dictator, if you will. Not a democracy in our hearts. <laughs> you know, it's like we have no choice. It's like the incumbent, that's what was default. What I believe the fall the world has given us has given us a heart of fear because peace is one of the fruits of the Spirit. So the opposite of peace is going to be fear. Follow me? And so if we are in a fallen world, we have to know that our defaults are not going to be the peace of Christ. Not too hard. So, but I don't know if we've ever necessarily thought about dethroning the rule of our hearts. Have you? Have you ever thought that, man, I have a master in my heart, a king of my heart, and it is called fear? Or the master of my heart is called insecurity? Can I tell you that insecurity reveals wrong security? What is the ruler of your heart? I know many identities that are, are defined by fear. Defined by fear. I was talking about this today. You have some people that their whole entire world, their whole entire identity is insecurity and fear. So for example, if you have someone that they, they're, they're afraid and, and fearful that everyone is out to get them, that no one likes them. You know, and so that is who they are. And you're with them and you're like, man, the sky's blue. And they're like, you knew my favorite color is green and you don't like me. You're like, what? You know, like, how did that happen? But, you know, like, people that, that you have, like, input, you know, that you give, and they spit back out something that was, like, in the next zip code of a conversation. Like, I don't get how this relates. Like, I just was making an observation. Well, you know that it was me. And, you know, you're like, what? You, you all know people. Like, maybe you are that person. I don't know. Like, but we all know people that, like, the input doesn't reach the output, and you're like, where does this come from? Can I tell you that when we get those things, there's a deep-seated identity in someone that they're struggling with. Pray for them. Pray for them that you know that there's an identity that is, is ruling in their heart and is giving you response back that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And where does it come from? It comes from having a new ruler on our heart, and I love it because 1 Corinthians 6.12 says, I will not be mastered by anything. I will not be mastered by anything. Maybe you haven't thought that there's a dictator in your heart called fear. But 1 Corinthians tells us, I will not be mastered by anything. The apostle says, I am a slave to Christ. I'm a slave. That is my only master is Jesus himself. I'm a slave to Christ. But we find ourselves being a slave to our fear to our anxieties. If you've been keeping track of the news, you know all of Egypt. They had this dictator for decades until people rose up and they decided they've had enough. They decided it's time to overthrow this guy. (laughs) Fill in the adjectives about him there, but he was a bad guy. And and so when people find the resolve in their heart, because he wasn't 
elected. I mean, he, he's a dictator. So the people find the strength and they overthrow him. What I want tonight in worship is I want us to have a revolution of our hearts, that we would overthrow whatever the ruler is of our hearts. Maybe that can be our prayer. As if we're worshiping, we just say, God, just have a revolution in me. Get it out. Take to the streets with flames and pitchforks. I don't care. Just get it out. And finally, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Let the peace of Christ rule in your head. Not so much. Let the peace of Christ rule in your mouth. That sounds weird. doesn't make any sense. Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. Nowhere else but the heart. Now, I would argue that the heart is the most strategic place in your entire existence. The whole entire world is battling for your heart. The whole entire world. It's, you notice that Satan, he's not going after you with uh, trying to entice you with, with, you know, maybe clothes. I don't know. He's going for your heart. He's going for the affection of your heart. He's trying to get you to fall in love with things. He wants to attach your heart to other things besides Christ. The whole entire battle of your life is about your heart. 2 Chronicles 16.9 says, The eyes of the Lord search the whole earth in order to strengthen those hearts who are fully committed to him. Christ is only concerned about your heart. The battle for peace is the battle for your heart. You want to find peace? You need to look at your heart. What is the war that is being waged for your heart? Is it that relationship? Is it finances? Is it a career? What is it? What is the war that is waging for your heart that is, is trying to get it to say, love me instead? Every one of us has it. Multiple, I would argue. Matthew fifteen nineteen says, For out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, and slander. Luke 6.45 says, The good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. Both are the same destination. For out of the overflow of his heart, his mouth speaks. Maybe we can have the band come up. We're going to close with this. You think you have an issue in your life. Any sin, fill in the blank. Any struggle. You don't have an issue with pornography, you have an issue of your heart. You don't have an issue of idolatry, you have an issue of your heart. You don't have an issue of cheating or stealing, you have an issue of your heart. Everything leads all back to that. It's all about your heart. And it's all about what is the incumbent ruler on the throne of your heart. It's really time for us to have a revolution to, to, of our heart and, and to be honest about what is contending for the seat of my heart. And if we're not willing to dethrone, if we're not willing to let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts, then we're going to still struggle with the same sin. We're going to have the same anxieties. We're going to have the same fears. Life will not be any different. I'm amazed at how many people, they're like, I read my Bible, I go to church, I do good things, and I still feel the same. It's because you're missing the whole point. You're trying to solve it with behaviors when God's saying, just solve the heart issue, and I'll make it all better. And the peace will come, and you will live your identity from a place of peace and security of Christ, and not of this world. Let's all stand.
Lord, we know that, Lord, your purposes for us are to be in sweet fellowship with you, Lord, that we would abide with you as you are the vine and we are the branches, Lord. You give us such a blueprint for such intimacy with you. And Lord, where you are, there must be peace. There must be love and mercy and forgiveness and grace because that's who you are. And so, Lord, we just pray as our hearts wrestle, God, with fear and anxiety and all sorts of, of things that are, that are not of you, Lord. We just pray that right now that you just would do open heart surgery. And I just want everyone to put their, their hand on their heart again. And I just want to, let's just say this verse again. Let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts. Say it again. Let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts. Let's say this after me. Say, Jesus, I pray for revolution of my heart. That whatever contends for my heart would be defeated. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Lord, we pray that right now that you would release all sorts of new truths and just new peace. And God, that car that has an issue, Lord, that relationship that is in limbo, Lord, that that family member that is distant, God, that father that has wounded us, God, the mother that has abandoned us, God, the job that we have lost, Lord, the, the hope that has been stolen from us, God, we just commit all that to you. And we refuse to let any one of those become the ruler of our heart. We refuse to let any of those become our identity. We will not be a generation and a group that lives from the circumstance of a bad event or bad relationship or bad circumstance. God, we refuse it. We pray that we would live from the strength of your peace. And God, we pray that you would defeat, in the name of Jesus, every single competing idol of our hearts. Lord, you know them all for us. We just pray right now that, God, you just would clean the slate, wipe us clean from that, Lord. We love you. We adore you, Jesus. We know that where you are, God, darkness must flee. And so we just thank you, Jesus, that you are here. So as we just sing these couple songs, God, we just ask that the peace of Christ would just wash over us, would fill us and move us and let us to live different lives than we have ever been able to live before. Greater is he who is in us than that of the world. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen.